Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting your weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you're getting podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We caught Joel in between coffee here. I you believe did. He's, you did. he's had his morning coffee. Uh, well, morning dew, afternoon coffee. You know, some people probably do that different. Uh, but, you know, for me, that the You want the cold drink in the morning. I do. I do. It just goes better with breakfast. We need to get... You know, they, they, I, think, I think they do some smoothies up there, don't they? I mean, they may do them over at Turn and Spoon. We need a Coleman smoothie. It's a Mountain Dew smoothie. All natural ingredients. There's some kale in there, you know. But it's got a splash of Diet Dew. Just to give it that flavor and that crazy color. I think we've got to work on that a little bit, but you're going somewhere with it. I- it's not quite a million-dollar idea, but it might be a, you know, $100 idea right now. And hey, $100. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Not every idea can be a million-dollar idea. All right? Think about everything that, that encompasses your life. Not everything's a million-dollar idea. I mean, you're wearing a sweatshirt today, right? Is that a million-dollar idea? No, I think I paid like 30 bucks for it. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, though, like, our sweatshirt. Because think about how sweatshirts have evolved, right? They turned into hoodies, and now you can get zip-ups, and some of them are different materials. And the old school, you're like wearing like the old oh, school, yeah. you know, cotton champion, you know, sweatshirt there. Yeah. See, it's evolved, so not a million-dollar idea, but it's a, it's a useful thing. I wonder if the person that invented it's a millionaire, though. Probably. Yeah. So I guess it was. But in today's money, I don't know. So I'm just saying. Not every idea is a million-dollar idea. Is there idea. some kind of article of clothing that we could come up with that might catch Hasn't on? Hasn't yet and... quite been invented yet? Yeah. I mean, you're talking, now we're talking million-dollar ideas. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Because if we could come up with that, then we could just... We could stop doing the show. Yeah. And you and can, fi- just you can finally tell our listeners what you really think of them. <laughs> Which I have heard many times, and it is vulgar and profane. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. <laughs> another, another solid read in the book there. I want to thank College Corner. They're good friends over there. They are always taking care of you. Talking about sweatshirts, why not get a brand new Mississippi State one and brand new hoodie? It's... It's gonna be cold this weekend. If you if you're not you know dressed for the the weather, it could be like the day after tomorrow out there. It could be you know people just getting frozen to death in the streets. So maybe just out of precaution, you head over to College Corner today if you're in the Jackson area and and get yourself a, a new hoodie, new sweatshirt, new new jacket, something to keep you warm this this uh, this this these coming weeks as apparently the Groundhog Day uh, curse is, is is upon us. Uh, so go to College Corner, two locations in Jackson to serve you, or, of course, you can go to collegecornerstore.com. Advantage Business Systems wants you to not have to pick. They don't want you to say, well, I need this big business that can take care of all my needs, but I also need a small business that can give me the customer service that I expect. 
Why, why choose between the two when you can just choose Advantage Business Systems and get both uh, situations under one roof? A big company that can take care of all of your technology needs, but a small company that knows what it's like to be a local business and to give you the personal service that you expect. Mississippi people doing business with Mississippi people. That's what Advantage Business Systems is all about. So call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I just realized here. Yeah. On Monday, day after Valentine's Day, coming up, as we sit here today, Brian, the high that day is 30. Mm-hmm. The low is 12. 12. And there's a 63% chance of precipitation. Mm-hmm. Which means it'll be... Snow and ice accumulations around one inch. Yeah. That will probably change between now and then, but if yeah. that happens and there's an inch of ice... Yeah. You might not have a pod. We're not going to have a pod. That day. Probably not going to have a pod that day. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know. We might, We might, you know, I can, Joel and I can strap up our tauntaun and, you know, head out, head out into the cold, you know. Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the studio. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> it's also Mississippi, so it could end up being 65 it up being and sunny. 65. I did see that it's 31, low of 13 on Monday. On Wednesday, the high is 58. I mean, we had that this week. Yeah. Where, I mean, yeah, literally yesterday it was, it was in the 70s. Degree. Today it's in the, in the 30s. Yeah. Mississippi, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. Yep. Baseball is where we're going to start today. This is a, what, other than me saying this sentence right now, this is a 100% free basketball show. We're not going there. Uh, let's start with baseball. You wrote an article for CowbellCorner.com this week. You basically, you predicted a starting lineup. We're going to go a little further. We're going to predict a lot of stuff. We're going to do the starting lineup, the rotation. The uh, the batting order. So let's sort of let's start with the batting order and fill in the lineup card that way. Okay. So and I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you for a lot of this. All right. So I don't know how correct I'll be, but I'll sure give it a shot. Well, correct isn't really the issue. Yeah. Just knowledgeable. I'll settle for knowledgeable. Somewhat. I can give you that. All right then. Leading off. You know you, you got some candidates there, but I, I believe Rowdy Jordan's going to be in that leadoff. Okay. We'll, we'll see how it ends up shaking. I think that's out. how it starts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you could make a case to put Scotty DeBrule there, um, who's all, who's an on-base machine, but I, I think that you end up going back to rely upon what you've been relying upon, and that's, that's Rowdy Jordan in the leadoff hole. I think he'll lead off, um, obviously, play center field. Although I, th- I do find it interesting, um, back in, in some of the – the latest scrimmages, I think that for at least one of the scrimmages, Rowdy moved over to left and Braylon Skinner played some center. I wonder if that's an alignment you might see some at points this year. Um, I guess that depends upon Braylon's development. You know, does, is he able to work his way in either into the lineup or is he, you know, at least good enough from a defensive perspective that, you know, you could put him in later in the game as a as a defensive replacement. But – Starting lineup, opening day, I would be somewhat surprised. Not shocked, because, I mean, he could hit other places. But if if it's not Rowdy Jordan leading off and in center, that would be a little bit of a surprise. I agree with I Definitely in center. I wouldn't be totally surprised if he's not leading yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, is this the guy you're going to have hitting second then? Is that him, Scotty DeBrule? I believe so, yes. Okay. You don't want to go the uh, let him bat ninth and get the double leadoff situation going? Yeah, that's another thought. Yeah. Um, and to be fair here as we discuss this, for anybody that 
watched what Chris Lamonis told us last week as part of Media Days or has read anything about what Chris Lamonis has said, he doesn't even know what he's going to do with the batting order. I mean, he recognizes that there's multiple things that you could do with this with this order. You know, one of the big things in Major League Baseball now is kind of, you know, put your best hitters one, two, three in the lineup, kind of like the Braves yeah. do Acuna, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna. They hit them one, two, three last year. Yeah. Um, Mike Trout hit second for the Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if State would try something like that and maybe put a Tanner Allen or something like that in the two-hole. Um, but if you stick with kind of a traditional-type lineup, it feels like Scotty DeBrule would be in that two-hole. Um, I feel like he would be the most likely candidate. But again, Chris Lamonis, when talking about this a week ago, said that DeBrule is a guy that he'd feel comfortable hitting basically anywhere in the lineup. So, again... Don't know that he'll be there, but I do know he'll be at second base. And uh, if you made me pencil it out, you had to be Jordan and DeBrule on the batting order. Okay. Take me to third, then. That's T.A., right? I think so. <laughs> Feels like it. Feels like that's what, you know. And it sort of follows that I don't know I don't know about DeBrule. Here's a, here's a solid question. We know about Jordan, and we know about Tanner Allen, right? Josh Hatcher has been sort of up and down. He's been good. He's had some stretches where he struggled a little bit, though. Who's this team's third best hitter? So you're 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 calling you're saying Tanner's one, is that right? Tanner, let's just say Tanner one, Jordan two. Is Hatcher would say, locked in at three, or I would say right now Hatcher. Okay. Um, who I would put it clean up here as we do this order, by the way. Okay, clean up in first base. Um. So far, you 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 there? Mm-hmm. Do you disagree with with any of don't disagree with any of what of we've no. done to this point? No, we're good. Um, so let's just recap th- it real quick. We were we were going Jordan in center and batting batting leading off, DeBrule at second batting second, Tanner Allen in right, hitting third, Josh Hatcher is at fourth batting cleanup. Did I say fourth? Batting batting, <laughs> batting okay. He yeah I said he's at fourth. <laughs> I did. He's at first <laughs> batting cleanup. First baseman hitting cleanup. What more can you ask for? Here, here's the only thing I don't like about what we've done so far. Mm-hmm. And it's why I don't – now that we've done it, I don't think it's what Lamonis will do. Okay. you got three lefties in a row right there. Yeah, that's true. You like DeBrule, to break that up De, a little bit. DeBrule's a left-handed hitter. Mm-hmm. Tanner Allen's a left-handed hitter. Josh mm-hmm. Hatcher's a left-handed hitter. Yeah. He's not going to do that. I, I, I would be – Where do you break it up then? You put somebody else in the two hole. That's way okay. So then, who would you put there? Cameron James. Cameron James. Okay. So you like that better, and Cameron James would be at short, right? Yes. So. So I think I would do that because you got Rowdy switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron right handed hitter, and then back lefty lefties. Because lefty. power lefties there too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with Tanner and Josh back to back. It just is okay. what it no, is. No, no, no. Yeah, you can't. You sort of need. You want that. You want those guys providing protection, and 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 those are your RBI guys. Yeah. So then, who's in fifth? I would almost think Logan Tanner might could be that fifth. This, that, that, that's where I was going to go. I feel like he showed a lot of pop last year. He can be that fifth hitter. He can drive in runs. I, I, yeah, I think that that's the way to go. Um, I think he will be your opening day catcher. Although, if you remember a year ago, which granted. 
Logan Tanner was a you know true freshman. So Hancock actually opened up he as did. the starting catcher a year ago. I I figure Tanner will end up being the guy this year on opening day, and I think probably at the end of the season when you look back, I think Tanner and Hancock's both going to play a lot, and at times when they're not in the lineup, they may DH, but I think Logan Tanner will have the most starts behind the plate of either of the two of them, so okay. I'll give him the opening day. Now, and I do think he would fit in that fifth hole. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, now we get into the part where it's sort of difficult sometimes. Is this where Pimentel would fall in at sixth? Or do you just – I think Scotty DeBrule is a more you know what you're going to get, I think, because he has a track And record. this is where you could say, okay, at this point, in a good inning, you've cleared, you probably cleared the bases at this point, or, you know, maybe Tanner's on first. To bring in DeBrule, it's like bringing in another leadoff guy. He's going to get on base, and then you set up first and second maybe, or, or yeah. you know, get man on first for whatever you're going to do for the, the bottom half here. Yeah, the, the question is, do you want to do the – like you mentioned earlier, just – throw DeBrule in that nine hole so you kind of have that secondary leadoff hitter kind of thing, um, start building back towards your run producers. Uh, but I, I guess as we sit here and work this out, I think Lamonis actually said that he could see a, a, a spot for DeBrule hitting fifth or sixth in the lineup as we talked to him last week. So I'm going to say that he's thought about this a little bit, and uh, I'll go ahead and say here's where we put DeBrule okay. six hole. So six is DeBrule. We've got three spots left. I believe we have left field, third base, DH. and the DH. DH should be here, right? I mean, I'm surprised we don't have the DH hitting a little higher, but is this where maybe a Luke Hancock would be found? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it, it depends on the handedness of the pitcher on opening day. I don't know who, who Texas will run out there on opening day. If it's a righty. You would guess that the DH would probably be uh, either Hancock or, or Landon Jordan, right? Seems like the two most likely candidates. Yeah. yeah. Um, let, just me, let me look here for a second. I'm trying to find out. I mean, we've talked about the Hancock problem before of having, you know, being your catcher. Um Drew McGowan is the guy who got some at-bats last year. I don't know if he, he would be that guy. I mean, something else you could do here, if you're facing a righty, mm-hmm. you could start Braylon Skinner. Yeah. In left, He's a left-handed hitter, too. Yeah. And you could DH Pimentel. Yeah. I mean, that makes your defense stronger. Agreed. Um, so, I mean, that's a thought. I, it's one of those deals where with Braylon Skinner, he's been talked about a good bit, and he's an electric player, and, and he gets bragged on. I just haven't seen him enough with my own eyes, you know? Yeah. To to say that, oh, I'd definitely start him opening day. I mean, maybe he's proven enough to the coaches. I just – I don't know enough about him other than he's been bragged on. Right. Um. So it, it's tough for me to say anybody it, – it's tough for me to say he's going to start in left and Pimentel DH yeah. until I see that happen. So I agree. I agree. I, I'll just say that – Landon Jordan is who I think I'll go with DH opening day. Okay. I may be wrong, but he has a track record and just kind of feels like that's a fit. Okay. And we've got him and batting seven. We're seventh. putting him here at seven. Okay. So then we've got Pimentel and. I'm going to say Kellum Clark, Kellum Clark. third. Kellum Clark is a guy that feels like he could shoot up the lineup pretty quickly. He could be hitting fifth by the uh, 
or even cleanup if if, if he's able to deliver on the on his on his potential. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I just drawing this out, man. You can just run out the left-handed hitters because I mean, Kellen Clark, left-handed hitter. Yeah. Um, Pimentel, who I think I'd put Pimentel in the eighth hole, Kellen Clark nine hole. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But man, I'm just sitting here thinking. Rowdy Pimentel is an interesting ninth hitter. Normally, don't have that kind of pop. Not that he showed a whole ton of it, but you normally don't have that in, in the nine hole. I mean, he's a guy that I could see by the end of the year moving up into that. He's either going to move up from ninth or move out of the lineup. Or line he's going to move out of the lineup. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like there's a lot of wiggle room for Brandon Pimentel. He needs to deliver. But you got Rowdy leading off, who's obviously a switch hitter. So if you're facing a righty, left handed yeah. hitter. Yeah. Um, two hole, we had Cameron James, right hand hitter. But then you got Hatcher. Hatcher and Allen. Or excuse me, Allen, Allen and, and Hatcher. Hatcher. Yeah. Another right-handed hitter with Logan, Logan, Tanner. Tanner. But yeah. I mean, you could put Hancock at catcher, and then all of a sudden you got another lefty. Yeah. You could just load up this lineup with lefties. Yeah, right-handed pitchers are going to have some issues with Mississippi State this year. There's no question about that. Um, so let's 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 one more recap then. Let's be sure where we are. Jordan in center and leading off. DeBrule. No, no, I'm sorry. Cameron James at short, hitting second. Tanner Allen's in right, hitting third. Josh Hatcher's at first, and he's cleaning up. Behind the plate, Logan Tanner batting fifth. Batting sixth is Scotty DeBrule at second. Batting seventh is our DH Landon Jordan. Batting eighth, third baseman Kellum Clark. I think and, I had Pimentel at eight. Okay, Pimentel at no, no, you had Pimentel. Did I? Yeah. Anyway, and uh, Pimentel in left, batting ninth. We're probably wrong on all nine of them. So no, we're not wrong. We're on not them. wrong on all nine. But I, 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 the one, what's the one I have most confidence in is Tanner Allen hitting third. Yeah, I think so. That, that's because they could go DeBrule leading off and let Rowdy hit second or whatever you want to do. But that that's going to happen. The, Tanner Allen's batting third. I'll be shocked if he's not. The only way he wouldn't, I think, mm-hmm. is if somehow like you lead off with Rowdy and then you go straight to Tanner and then Hatcher. You, well, you I, might could do that. Didn't hit them one, didn't two, three. Didn't they do that? Was it Rooker? That Rooker? No, hit they, se- Rooker hit second. He he because you knew Mangum was on. You're just like, hey, let's let's drive him in. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. But you got to have. But that means is somebody in the cleanup hole though. You have to you have to be able to trust them to drive runs in as well. I don't think you have that with Hatcher and, though. Yeah, but I mean, it, I think Cameron James. I mean, he Showed hit he hit over three hundred a year ago in, in limited action, obviously. But I'm I'm so interested in the, de- the development of the guys who were true freshmen a year ago. Him, Logan Tanner, Landon Sims, guys like that. Because yeah, it's their second year in the program, but they don't have the at bats. You know, Tanner Allen is Tanner Allen. He knows he's seen it all. Nothing going to surprise him. But you know. This guy is technically is the second year in the program, but he hasn't faced yeah. an SEC pitcher. We don't really know. Well, Christian McLeod's his third year in the program. He hasn't he hadn't faced, pitched, an, he SEC hadn't faced an SEC batter. Yeah, I think he'll do just fine. Every when time he I does. watched McLeod pitch last year, I just kept thinking, what if he had been healthy for that World Series team? And he and he's pitching like this, like eh, what might have been. Oh well. All right. What's our rotation? Week one. On is the it, weekend? Oh uh, yeah, we, well, uh, it's McLeod, Bedner, Sarantola. It's got to be. I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, just, there's no way they're, they're they're not tweaking anything there. Maybe putting All Bedner the, on I Sunday. I mean, Lamonis acted like they were going to play matchups on this opening weekend, but I mean, you want Sarantola to be your Friday night guy during the season, right? McLeod. I mean, yeah, McLeod. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh wait. So you, you Sarantola's the Friday night guy. <laughs> this team is winning a national championship. <laughs> I, I meant McLeod. I, don't, I guess I had no, you're right, on the you're brain. Right. So I mean, you want to go ahead and get him in that routine of 
you're starting off the weekend, I would think. I can't imagine they would run anybody out there other than McLeod on, on, on opening day. I mean, you want him to be your ace. So, I, I mean, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me to start him on Saturday and then the next weekend you got to start him on Friday and just go ahead and get him in the order you want him, I think, is what I would do. Chris Lamonis, of course, knows a lot more about it and gets paid a lot more money than I do to make that call. But I, I think you're going to see McLeod opening day and then I followed up by Bedner and Sarantola, who really, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily that you have to go in that order with those two, do you? No, you don't. You don't, but we'll see how it, how it works out. That's what they did last year, so I and then I would imagine they might stick to that. One last question. Bottom of the ninth, state's up five to four. Time to bring in the closer. Is it Spencer Price? Is it Landon Sims? Who does Well Landon's been doing some starting and stuff. He has so I think but you're I mean, see him start start some. You games think that's how they're gonna start the season? So I I mean my answer is Spencer Price. Yeah. Is if God it's so crazy to think a year ago having these discussions, you're like, oh, I just don't know about this bullpen. Just don't know. And now we're like, pick your poison. I mean, Spencer Price pitched 12 shutout innings last year. I mean, he didn't give up a run. Yeah. And Riley Self looked like his old self. Self. No pun intended. I mean, I think Spencer only gave up like a hit. Like one hit. He was dominant. No question. So, I couldn't be any more excited about the start of this season. It should, it should just be great. It should be really great. And I've heard a lot of good stuff, too, about like – Jackson Fristo. He yeah. may end up being a yeah. midweek starter, and, and you're like, whoa, and then he ends up in the weekend rotation. And then or you something. have guys like Brandon Smith, who you sort of know what you have, Carlisle Kessler. Kessler I, I'll tell you what. His last name? Kessler. Yeah, Kessler. I hadn't even mentioned him, but. Yeah. Kessler is his last name. Um, I really feel like, too, like if somebody goes down on the weekend, like one of your three weekend yeah. starters, Landon, Brandon, Sim, Landon Sims will be the first guy in. You think it'd be Landon Sims over Brandon Smith? I do. Okay. Well, I mean, it just goes Brandon to Smith, I think they'll kind of work back. A little bit. Well, we talked about that though. We said that you know he's at that, that sort of that eighteen, nineteen month since the injury. He should be at the point where he's full go. Yeah. You know that's sort of the reason you see guys take a little longer. Twelve months just not enough. You know. So we'll see. This is an exciting young team, but they've also got the veteran pieces as well. So it is, and and, and what's exciting about it is you have depth and options. Yeah. I mean, like if Kellen Clark if he struggles at third base. I mean, you got Landon Jordan right there that has played it before. Um, anyway, I mean, shoot, as far as I know, Landon Jordan may end up winning the job anyway. And, yeah. and Kellum may end up DHing some and, you know, being a part time player in his first year in the program, which there's no shame at all in that. If you're a freshman in the SEC and, you, you know, you, you don't play every day, it's okay. No, you're there's right. There's been many a guy that didn't play every day their freshman year. So. If only Austin Hendrick were here. Imagine that. <laughs> so. All right, let's, uh, let's move on over. To football, we're gonna talk a little. We'll do a little year two stuff here, uh, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Guess what's uh, as we speak thawing out at my house? Something from Welcome Home Beef. A big old ribeye steak. That's what's for dinner for tonight. It's been a long week, and uh, you know when you've had a long week, have a steak. It makes it, it makes it feel better. So that's what I'm gonna have tonight, and that could be you. But you playing? You just need to head over to Welcome Home Beef and get yourself a steak. You need to give them a call. You need to look online and see if they'll ship to you. You need to figure something out because I'm eating a steak tonight from Welcome Home Beef. I don't know that if you are or not. So whatever it is, my dinner is probably going to be better than yours. Make it easy on yourself with Welcome Home Beef. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online, welcomehomebeef.com. 
You want to know something about my dinner? It just tastes good. That's right. I also want to, you know, if I wasn't going to cook for myself, this might be a two brothers night for me. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling the urge to get back there. Every, every so often, I get the urge for two brothers. It's, and I, just, I can't, I can't help it. You know, there's no methadone clinic for two brothers. I can't just go check myself into rehab <laughs> for two brothers. It's like, what are you addicted to? Barbecue tacos. I mean, what are they going to say? You know, it doesn't work. So. I'm just going to have to, to, to scratch that itch uh, probably sooner rather than later. And if you're in Starkville, man, there's just no better place to go, especially you know once we get past this weekend. Now, look, if you want to go to Two Brothers this weekend and sit outside, they have the best heated porch in town. But, man, when, when the weather warms up, that outdoor patio is going to be rocking. That's going to be the, the stop before you head to Duty Noble Field on, on a Saturday. I just can't stress that enough. Get yourself something delicious to eat, a couple of cold beers or one of their handcrafted cocktails, and get a good start to your day with Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Southern Soul with a Funky Fusion at 621 University Drive. That's Two Brothers Smoked Meats. What we're going to do now is this. We just did some way early predictions in terms of this lineup. Not not, not too early. We're a week away. But still early, right? Not early enough. We're going super early here. We're going <laughs> We're going to look at the Mississippi State football schedule, and we're going to go through it real quick. We're going to tell you what State's final record is going to be in 2021 we're giving that, right we're, here today. We're giving you that information on February the 12th. You don't even need to play the season. All right. When I look at this schedule, outside of Tennessee State, is that is that the t- – yeah, Tennessee State. And we and we are also going on – we are, we are watching all 12 of these games. This is happening. All right, we're all going to go out and get our vaccine. We're all going to be feeling better. We're all watching football. When you look at state's non-conference outside of Tennessee State, you've got two group of five teams there that have the capability of beating power five teams, mm-hmm. Louisiana Tech and Memphis. The Memphis game is on the road. And North Carolina State, they were a bowl team a season ago. Dave Dorn is a coach. He's sort of an up-and-down coach, right? He'll have a good year and a bad year. Maybe last year was a good year. So maybe you're catching him in a down year. I don't know the answer to that, but... I feel like you're when you look at State's first four games, whatever their record is after that, I can tell you how the rest of the season is going to go without any hesitation. If they're four and zero, they're going to challenge in the West. If they're three and one, they're going to be really, really good. If they're two and two, they're going to be pretty good. Worse than that, well, it's going to be a long year because that fourth game is LSU. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Although, you know, beating LSU does not necessarily foretell. It's not necessarily, but I figure, you know, if you're three and one, I, I mean, even if you lose to LSU, if you're three and one, you beat those, those three non-conference games, you feel pretty good about your ability to beat Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Arkansas and Ole Miss. You, you feel like you're going to at least have good chances to win the, and I'll, I'll be the, I'll just say it because it's, well, guys, you've been listening to this podcast long enough. You know that I'm not going to be high on Auburn. So there's winnable games. Uh, La Tech, I mean, I've seen them come to Starkville and win, but that was, you know, for La Tech, you think about like 2008, before the advent of the SEC Network, Mississippi State's athletic budget probably a little closer to La Tech than it was now. Plus, State had a huge disadvantage at a head coach. Uh, but even then, you know, they, they gave a Mullen team a fright in 2011. They took the lead here in Starkville. They were up 14 to nothing before State turned that game around. I think that was Dak's senior year. La Tech has given states, and of course, you know, down in uh, Ruston uh, in 2017, that game was a little back and forth early before State just pulled away. And of course, the, the craziness that was third and 97, or third and 93, I'm sorry. Um, 
Were you at that game? Oh, yeah. It Take me through that play in your mind. What on earth were you... How hard was the press box laughing? It was one of those deals where, I mean, any music folks listening obviously knows what a, you know, a crescendo is as it gets louder. That was what the press box was. Like, you heard a chuckle, and then there were like four people starting to pretty loudly laugh. Yeah. And then it was just hysteria yeah. as the ball continued to yeah. get closer and closer to the opposing end zone. It, yeah. was, it was one of the more humorous moments in my sports writing career. I believe sure. that it was. I think State, and when you look at the first three games, can do 3-0 and there. You know, Obviously, the game I'm most concerned about is North Carolina State, and I just don't know enough about them to, to act. I mean, as we get closer to the end, we're doing opponent previews and talking to people, we'll, we'll have more of an idea. But, I feel, you know, two of those games are at home. Memphis, this isn't the same Memphis program that beat Ole Miss two years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Mike Norvell is gone. I'm not entirely sure that, the, you know, they had a good run there with Fuente and Norvell. That's, that's tough to keep going. I don't know that this new coach is, is the guy who's going to keep that, that going. But they're still, they're still a dangerous team. That's in Memphis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where are we going to get barbecue that day? If you say the rendezvous, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. That place we ate at it was actually in like South Haven, I think. Oh, it? Memphis that Barbecue was, that was Company, really good. yeah, sold. You just sold me. That's where we're gonna go eat. Um, that needs to be that needs to be a. Uh, so we do an 11 a.m. kick. Get it get it over with early. It'll be hot in the stadium, but we we'll just have to live with that. And then we eat dinner on the way home. I mean, sold. We just sold ourselves on that. Um. <laughs> I think State can be three and zero in those games, though. Do you? I do. I do. And it, if you lose either of those games to Tech or Memphis, then the it's fan the fan consternation component of the year starts to creep in early. Yeah, you don't. Leach needs to get off to a hot start. Yeah. He, we talked about he, Howland. I guess we're not hundred percent basketball free. We talked about Howland though, and what like next year's schedule, how it needs to look for him. Leach needs to come out firing. Even if you lose to North Carolina State, if you lose a game where you lose like 45-42 and Rodgers throws for 400 yards and you just couldn't make a couple of stops. Yeah. I think people are going to be a lot more forgiving of losses this year if those games are what we sort of thought they were going to be a season ago. If State loses a 38-35 game, it's okay. People don't want to, but if you're losing 24-2 or 28-14 or, or something like, or, you know, something like that, that's People are not going to forgive Mike Leach not being good on offense two years in a row. I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. And if he – back to those non-conference games for a minute. I mean, it's a little bit different scenario, but when Joe lost that Kentucky game his mm-hmm. first year, mm-hmm. like it was almost like no matter what he did the rest of the year, he was fighting an uphill battle from that point on. Yeah. And I feel like for Mike Leach in year two, if he loses to Memphis or if he loses to La Tech, for the rest of the year, from a fan base buying in standpoint, he's kind of going to be pushing a rock up the hill, I guess, to, to use one of our analogies, trying trying to get back over, um, over the mountain. And uh, it, I don't know for for states program momentum purposes to kind of prove that you how you finished last year is really the direction this program is going. Mm-hmm. I think you desperately need to at the very least beat Memphis and La Tech, and you really probably need to win all three of those. I think, I mean, I definitely agree with you. No no question. You need to get off to a good start, and it needs to, it, it, it needs to be more than just a good start. It needs to be, you, If you're winning these games and the offense isn't clicking, 
people are going to be be worried. Rodgers needs to come out hot. You know, Jaden Wally, 100 yards. The running game needs to be there. It doesn't have to be 100 yards rushing, but it needs to be, you know, 50, 60-yard guys. So we'll see where that takes us. And then you go to that LSU game. LSU is going to be such an interesting team. Don't really know who the quarterback is right now. I think it's going to be Max Johnson. I think he'll win the job over uh, Miles Brennan. You know they have some skill position talent. Um, defensively, I mean, they can't be worse. Of course. And we're going to talk, this is something I'm going to say about Ole Miss, too. Now, but LSU is just one year. But, I mean, people say you can't be worse. You, you can always be worse. But I think LSU will be better. Um, you know, they brought in a couple of, of impact transfers on the defense. Um, they've, they recruited another top five class. The talent's definitely going to be there. But let's play the game, Joel. Better coach. Mississippi State. Better quarterback. I mean, right now, I guess you'd probably go Mississippi State, Where's right? the game? In Starkville. Why would I pick State to lose? Just the, I mean, because yeah. this is definitely a toss-up game to me. The yeah, star the, count, the star is count. Would... But I mean, LSU, you know, they have taken has brought talented teams here in the past and lost. You know, the star count is always going to be in LSU's favor, but State has found a way in 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 the past. You know, basically since 2014 to keep this series competitive. So I'm not I'm not going to go out there and just say that that's a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think State. I, I, State will might lose this one. I would say that they probably will lose this one, but I don't know that I would predict them to lose this one. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think because it's sort of what you. I think it's more of a perception thing. It's just like, well, I see the I see the gold helmet, and I think uh, State's probably going to lose. But I, in reality, State's what they're three and three in the last six. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. They lo- they won fourteen, James, seventeen, 17, and 20. twenty. And they lost 15, 16, I guess it's 3 and 4. Yeah. So, yeah. Still, and, I mean, you would take three wins out of... Yeah, and I mean, two of those two of those losses were single digits. You know, think about what it was before that, and I mean, you consistently lost to them by 25, 30 points. So. I wish I knew what State's record was coming into this game, and I'd feel... Well, because I mean, I, if you've if lost... If 3-0. If they're 3-0, and I would feel like they, they've got a shot. You know, if they... They have a good they, chance to win. Yeah, like if they're 2-1 and one and they lost to NC State... Probably not. You just win. don't feel as good. But about even at it. two and two, I'd still feel pretty good about their chances to get to seven wins. So, all right, at A and M, that's going to be a tough game. A and M's they they are rebuilding. They lose Kellen Mond, but they still they've recruited well. I feel like Jimbo. I don't think Jimbo Fisher is at the point where he's going to start challenging Alabama year in and year out. But I do feel like they're going to become more of a consistent program now. I feel like there's two games, okay, on the, on the schedule that there's just no way you can predict state to win them. And this Alabama and this is one. Yeah. So the next two games, yes. So even if they're four and zero, they'll be four and two. I, I, I mean, obviously I mean, in sports anything could happen, but there's no way sitting here today that you could predict Mississippi State to beat Texas A and M or Alabama. Here's what I'll say, and I'm not going to predict that obviously. But even if they lose to A and M, they would be, let's let's say that everything else has gone in their favor. They're four and one. Playing Alabama, this is an Alabama team that I mean, right now I can't tell you who their starting quarterback is, their starting uh, running back is, or their top two receivers. I saw there was a mock draft that came out today that said Alabama had fir- eight first round picks on la- from last year's team. Gosh, mighty man, eight! That's a quarter of the first round. And didn't they just have their best signing? They had class their best ever? signing class ever. So they're not going anywhere. The talent's definitely there, but the experience is not there. And if you, if you can get me a sixty thousand seat rowdy stadium 
you know, maybe they can make it interesting. I don't think they'll win though. So I, I'm going to agree with you. By the way, I think state, I think state will be three and three at this point. That feels right. Yeah, they get Vanderbilt. They should be able to win that. Yep. So four and three, and then this is sort of the swing, and this is like sort of that Mullen, you know, 2013, 20, 2010 to twenty thirteen Mullen situation where Kentucky's your swing game. If you beat them, you got a chance to to win seven or eight. You lose this game, six and six is going to be a struggle. It's at home. You know, you look at last year's game and how many chance, how much you gifted them. You got to feel like you can win this game. I mean, they, they had no offense. Yeah, and you you just handed them offense. Is what yeah. you did. I mean, you, you they gave they had a pick six. They had uh, another interception return down to like the two. Beyond that, they didn't do anything. So, yeah, I, I'm going to take state to win that I game and be, be five and three. And then the, the the end of the season is just interesting. Back to back road games here at Arkansas and at Auburn. Can you split those? Yeah. Probably more likely to win at Arkansas. More likely to beat Arkansas. Yep. But you can you could. Well, you're five and three, right? So at this point, you're either going to be uh, five and five, six and four, or seven and three. Six and four feels right. <laughs> Let's split the difference. Six we'll and go four. six and four. Should be seven and four playing Tennessee State. Win that game, and then you have the Egg Bowl. I have two things with the Egg Bowl. First off, I just sort of mentioned it. People, I, people have been saying, you know, almost well, they can't be any worse defensively. I've been saying that since 2016. They keep finding ways to be worse. Last year was the worst of the bunch. I do think they'll be better defensively this year. They brought in a couple of key JUCOs. They got a couple of nice transfers. The Otis Reese kid should be el- he'll be eligible the whole season now. He was a difference maker for them. They should be better defensively. Offensively, though. I'm not. We're not entirely sure that Jeff Lebby will be there calling plays. He could very easily get the Central Florida job, but even if they are, and I like Corral, I'm, I'm, I think he can be an NFL quarterback. He's got some some issues. It's like the good bow, bad bow thing all over again with him. You got Doctor Matt and Mister Corral, yeah. no question. But Elijah Moore caught 1,600 yards worth of passes last year from him. I mean, a receiver, their their leading receiver next year could have a good season if he's at 900 yards. But that would be 700 yards of production not happening. And, I mean, never mind Kenny Yaboa. That's a lot of production to try to replace from one guy. You know, He really made that, that offense go last year, did Elijah Moore. Replacing him is not going to be as easy as, you know, it's, it's not going to be plug and play with them. You know, he was also a four-star kid who, if you remember, was committed to Georgia at one point. And they're replacing him with a bunch of guys that, weren't committed to Georgia at one point. We'll just put it that way. You know, the talent drop off from Elijah Moore to the next guys down. Not that, you know, Braylon Sanders is a good receiver. Mingo and Dennis Jackson haven't done anything yet. They gotta find somebody there, but And I know their running game's gonna be solid because Ely and Parrish and Connor are all good players. And that could John Rice Plumley be that Elijah Moore guy. That's that's real because there's no way that there's no way he does another year at quarterback. There's this wasting everybody's time if you do that. So the Egg Bowl's a toss-up for sure. You feel oh, yeah. good, that you like it in Starkville. You know, you, if you're a state fan, would the the way to look at it would be this: you lost by seven to with 43 players. You took their absolute best shot. You were in the game. You were driving to try to tie the game when the clock ran out. If they don't fumble a, a, a football, you probably you might even win the game. So you got to feel pretty good about it. I, I mean, I'm just gonna say toss-up. State seven and four coming in. 
even if they finish seven and five, although it's two straight losses to Ole Miss, you don't want that. But at seven and five, you're still like, okay, program's moving in the right direction. Eight and four with a win over Ole Miss, and you feel great. You feel like, okay, we had we, we had to correct course, keep it in nautical terms. <laughs> but we've done that now. And keep now it between keep it between the ditches to keep it southern term. Absolutely. So So I feel like eight and four, seven and five is a realistic prediction. They could go six and six if, if they. I think that that stretch with at Arkansas. Honestly, this stretch here: at Kentucky, Arkansas, Auburn. That's that's where the season is defined. Three and zero, oh, great shape. Two and one, you're okay. One and two, not good. Zero oh and three, disaster. Yep. Simple yeah, you know that. That, that. Those three weeks, defi- October thirtieth through November thirteenth, is where state season really gets defined. We'll see. All right, so mark it down. Go to the bookie now. Make it happen. All right, Joel and I, we will be back on Sunday, Sunday evening probably. Not expecting a victory. Well, you know, could we have victory Sunday? They're playing Vanderbilt. They should be able to win. Uh, But regardless, we'll be back on Sunday, and uh, then all next week we'll get you figured out. Baseball coming. Man, yeah. A little more football talk. And uh, next Saturday, State Ole Miss basketball. We will preview that game a little bit uh, and see what happens there. Guys, have a great weekend. Joel and I'll be back with you very soon. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.